is a member of the Mice Chat Podcast Network. MicePod.com. Now, the podcast that's nearly the same as all the others. Warning, this show contains childish adult content and is intended for immature, mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The views spoken are ours and ours alone, not those of any other bugger. If you're easily offended, we strongly suggest finding another podcast. Everybody neat and pretty, then on with the show. Even after that long, I still expect that to go to some sort of heavy guitar rock. We're so much more mature than we used to be. Uh, barely. I think we've just got a different theme tune. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Oh. Let me say, although we're the podcast that, you know, easily offended this to another podcast, we last don't week we actually did that. What, offended someone? Yeah, well, yeah, kind of. Yeah, <laughs> never mind. Uh, thank you, yes. Um, welcome to The Mouse's Head. Uh, I'm Paul. I'm Nick. I'm Paul. I'm Craig. And he's back. Oh. Yeah, you can talk now. Uh, and I'm Jim. It's Jim Hill. He's back it's again. Not just Jim. Well, Sir Jim. I, Sir yeah. Jim. I, oh, uh, can we say that now? Yeah, I think we can. <laughs> Without any references, I think we can. Yes. Okay, cool. We didn't yes. offend too many people last week, did we? Uh, people are weak-willed sometimes. Oh, okay. Okay, fair Still, enough. they're look out. <sighs> Let's start. Oh, I've sighed again. Right, I'm drinking. Here we go. <laughs> Gentlemen. Let's start as we mean to go on. Welcome to the show. How are we all, and what are we going to drink? I'm fine. Good. Uh, I'm uh, I'm having the same... I, I seem to have the same thing. I, I, what I need to do, really, is actually go out on a beer run. That's do what I'm shopping. doing at the moment. I need to go out on a beer run. Yeah. Or, of course, uh, people can, can send in beer if they wish to. I'll, I'll happily sample it for them. But uh, Nearly no, three years down, and we still haven't managed to find a beer-related sponsor. No, it's terrible. It's terrible. Yeah. Our other sponsor's good, but that's that's another yeah. story. Um, but yeah, so I'm just, if you can hear that, that is uh, tonight Southern Comfort Black Cherry and mm. uh, Cherry Pepsi Max. Hmm. I'm, I'm just overloading on cherry, basically. You, you, you are. Yeah. Uh, cherry go. cherry related jokes are around, but I won't. Yeah, I'm sure they're, I'm sure they're there. Yeah. People want yeah. them. But anyway, cheers. Uh, who's up next? Cheers. Okay. Go on then. He's gone quiet again. I'll step in now. Go on, step in. Oh, I can now, yes. You're back. What are you drinking? Right, I'm drinking cider. I'll cut out all the other rubbish. I'm yeah. just telling you that. Cider. <laughs> Cheers. I'm on half a bottle of red wine left over from last night. I, 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 I've already posted to our Facebook page. Um, As have I. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. I, I, I have recently been party to some more arguments on various Disney and Orlando related Facebook pages. Um, which involved taking kids out of school. So I thought it was only appropriate <laughs> that I opened a bottle of teachers. By the way, um, shout, a special shout-out to Craig Duncan, uh, who, who I know will be listening to this podcast because uh, he always does. But, um, yeah, for also um, joining the uh, Disaster, <laughs> Disaster Dark Club or getting kicked out of uh, groups. Facebook groups. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome aboard. Uh, Jim, are you drinking? Action. Yes, I am, but you have to understand it's been like eight degrees here, so you know, it's just one of these things where Nancy and I are trying to delude ourselves that if we drink like raspberry iced tea, like we're really in Florida, and it's 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 sunny, and it's wonderful, and of course, today I think today in Florida is the day after the hard freeze down there yeah. uh, we're, we're down into the 30s, and you gotta feel bad for the the poor slobs who spent the past five, six weeks planting up Epcot for Flower and Garden. Because it's like, come see our wilted display. Definitely so. frosted plants. So, you know. Um, yeah, I've actually, I, I, that reminds me, I've got to get a, um, uh, an email out to, to those guys. I'm actually doing a story with uh, Eric Darden, the, uh, the head horticulturist, and... They're working on their first ever frozen figures, which, uh, you know, again, the irony that the place was, you know, below zero, uh, you know, you could, 
but uh, it's 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 been kind of weird. The poor slobs have been trying to do Anna and Elsa topiaries, and these are the new Disney women with impossibly tiny wrists and waists and that sort of thing. And yeah, uh, yeah so what, one branch has gone through. Yeah. There you go. Hey. So you know. So oh, the other branch. <laughs> The other, there we go. Excellent. Keep classy right from the start. Okay. Uh, <laughs> We've never been known to do that. No, keep it classy. No, not not, not going to happen. Um, Jim, you see, the reason the reason for that is because my my real uh, surname isn't actually soap dish. Everyone gets confused. It's, it's you know not actually my family name. Uh, it's actually branch. Is it really? Yeah, oh. as in as in tree or, or um, Anna and Elsa Topher. Um okay. <laughs> See, yes. I don't. It, on, on the hillside, we, we don't actually know if Hill is the real family name because the, the the story that goes within the Hill family is my my grand or my great grandfather was a, one of the founding members of the IRA and used to go off blowing up blockhouses on weekends full of troops. <laughs> and, um, evidently, he was chased up the gangplank just ahead of the authorities and. No one's quite sure what his name was getting on the boat, but when he came down the gangplank, the last name was Hill. Now, we don't know if he saw a hill, and as I was telling Nancy the other day, you know, we should just be happy he didn't see a garbage scow or something, you know, before coming up with a new name. So. And if you're just tuning in, you are now listening to Terrorism After Dark. <laughs> there we go! Show, uh, That's right. About, uh, the Origin story. Other forms of terrorists are available. That's right. Jim, it's been one far too long, mm-hmm. and secondly, far too long since yeah. we had you on the show. So I'm really glad that uh, you've, you've found time out of your busy schedule to uh, to uh, to speak to us. Well, no, no, so no, thank you. And, and our listeners have actually partaken and, and have posed some questions for you. But yeah, I, I, you know, sent, just sent along the list. Yeah, I have, I have a question, mm-hmm. and I think before we go to listeners, I don't know if everyone else has got questions, but there was one that I wanted to ask. I, and I, actually, I, I think you can play, claim podcasters' rights. Yeah, can that's we, what I'm, I'm thinking. Can we veto veto it though? Is this isn't Vinylmation related? <laughs> no, 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 okay. no Vinylmation tonight, which will please uh, the people that were happy <laughs> with last one's show. Um, <laughs> Jim, the last time we had you on, I believe, mm-hmm. um, was just before uh, Maleficent got released. And we'd mm-hmm. spoken uh, a few times with you regarding the upcoming release of, of the Devon film Maleficent. So the question mm-hmm. I wanted to ask you, because you'd seen the scripts and everything like that, was, was the, did the script give you the idea that it was going to be as crap as it ended up being? Well, you know, I, it's, it's, it's interesting you say that, because when Nancy and I went, I... I enjoyed it sort of. Nancy didn't at all. Um, and 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 again, I think when they met, made the cuts and they made the changes to it. I mean, they basically threw out the first half of the movie. Um, in fact, you know, you got to wonder. You think about the poor slob at Disney who decided, you know, who's ever going to want to look at Peter Capaldi? Let's get rid of that crap. You know. And, <laughs> And this was just before they made him the new Doctor Who, and it's so you know just and and meanwhile Capaldi you know was actually out doing I think it was the the um, it was a film festival in Edinburgh and he was talking about how you know he's six hours in makeup every day and how he was really looking forward to seeing this movie because he'd never been in such a giant film before and you know um and I, I was actually talking with the folks at uh Walt Disney Home Entertainment about you know I, it, you know he's the new doctor who you're you're going to make some of that available as an extra feature aren't you and it's like no i mean they're they're still upset that they had to go back in and spend i want to say 40 or 50 million dollars uh on the brand new opening of the film cuz i mean they threw out everything i mean that there were these you know, hundreds of extras, giant sets, the whole fairy court, and that's all gone now. Um, but, uh, you know, the weird part of it is, movie made $500 million worldwide, and God help us, they're talking sequel. So that's, that's, Surely that's not a big number nowadays. I mean, um, one thing we didn't cover on the last show, I don't think, mm-hmm. was the fact that Spider-Man is now coming back into the uh, the Marvel, well, coming into the Marvel Universe for the first time. 
now that Sony and Disney have, have kind of come to an agreement about using him in films. Well, and that's really been spurred on because of Spider-Man, the amazing Spider-Man films, not doing as well as expected, yet they, they took over $700 million each. Actually, uh, what was it? A- Amy Pascal, the, the now soon-to-be former head of Sony, yep. uh, she said you know, her job when they were doing The Amazing Spider-Man 2 that if the film didn't make a billion worldwide, you know, her job was in jeopardy. And I think it topped out at 9.53, something like that. Mm. So, um, yeah, I mean, Disney to and, and, and to, let's be honest here, this is more Kevin Feige and this is this is Marvel. Um, yeah. They made a very convincing case to Amy because, you know, they actually put off uh, the Amazing Spider-Man 3 in favor of doing a Sinister Sticks movie. Yeah. And it was Feige who came back and said, look, you know, <laughs> we're about to do Avengers 2 and basically take the money out of everybody's wallet in North America and, you know, other environs. And it's like, you know, and we are looking to do Civil War and Spider-Man is a huge part of that. And you guys, get, you know, this is, you're, you're coming up on your third strike here. You know, um, why don't we use Civil War, which is obviously going to be a huge event film, to get people excited about Spider-Man again. And, you know, Amy initially really resisted because nobody likes to be told, hey, you screwed up. You're not doing, you know, but I, I, I'm sure you guys saw some of the memos that leaked out of Sony. Oh, didn't I? Yeah. And and the whole thing, you know, the, the whole notion of why do we keep making the same movie over and over again? Why is it there always have to be two villains in a Spider-Man movie? You know, why isn't, you know, and more to the question, why isn't he a teenager? You know, <laughs> you know, so that's the thing with, with, um, you know, with Civil War, they're going back to a Peter Parker who's a teenager, which if you're familiar with the Civil War timeline or the storyline at all, mm. is a real key issue because, you know, this is a, this is a Spider-Man who actually looks up to Tony Stark and Iron Man and kind of follows his lead. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, you know, from, uh, from Sony's side point of view, it's, it's not necessarily a win-win, but on the other hand, it, you know, the notion of Disney's and Marvel are going to plow the road and get people excited about Spider-Man again. And then you get to make a movie with the new Spider-Man that everybody's excited about. I mean, that's, that's a good situation. And um, do you think they'll keep to Peter Parker rather than Miles Morales or something? Oh, yeah, you know, they, they are having that conversation. Uh, it's kind of the uh, the Ms. Marvel thing, mm-hmm. you know, or the, or the female Thor. I mean, it just it's it's very interesting these days about, you know, how much diversity are we showing? You know, uh, <laughs> you know, and so all this stuff gets focus grouped within an inch of its life. And I think the Parker Morales issue is still up in the air. I'm, my, my understanding is Disney really wants it to be uh, Parker, but in the end it, it's Marvel that really calls the shots. And, and in a weird sort of way, you have to respect Iger for the fact that he doesn't, you know, he doesn't interfere. In fact, I guess he's having those conversations with stags right now. Because, you know, supposedly Stags will, you know, by 2018 be the new guy. And it's like, look, you know, Marvel knows what the hell it's doing. Just nod, smile, and when the money comes rolling out of the chute, just grab a shovel. You know, don't don't, don't tell them what to do. It's almost like the Pixar effect, isn't it, I suppose, in that, you know, we had this when, you know, Pixar first come on the scene. Disney tried to interfere, and they were like, look, look what they're doing. But that was that was Eisner. I mean, Iger yes. to to his credit, uh, you know, just and in fact, that's what's going to be kind of interesting about this year. You know, this is the first year in memory, if you don't count the holiday specials or that sort of thing. We've gotten two new Pixar films, and and again, not sequels, not prequels, two brand new Pixar films. Uh, and, you know, Inside Out hits in May, and I want to say Good Dinosaur hits in November. Thanksgiving, uh, yeah. Yeah, so. 
Um, yeah, and, and Iger at least knows enough to leave those guys alone. It's just sort of like the only meetings that Disney has with Pixar are when is the movie showing up? Let's take a look at it and figure out how to promote it. And beyond that, it's like you guys do what you guys do. So, right, I, I've said too much, so I'll shut up now. Mm-hmm. I was just thinking about a few. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, who who wants to take the questions from uh, from Facebook then? Well, go on. Someone I'll, pose I'll, a question. Go on, go I'll on then. First, and this is from uh, Lee Mallaby off uh, the unofficial Universal Orlando podcast. And Jim, who is going to get Lord of the Rings, The Hobbit? Is it going to be Disney? Is it going to be Universal? Or is it going to be neither? Well, again, interesting you bring this up because my friend Drew Taylor, who works for, for Movie Line, actually got to talk to Peter Jackson as part of the Battle of the Five Armies press thing. And this is straight from Peter Jackson, where it's like he brought up, so who's going to get the theme park rights? And Peter was like, geez, I don't think anybody's getting the theme park rights. The um the uh the tolkien family i i don't know how much you guys know about the history of the film rights that saul zant got tolkien in the 70s with the animated uh, one <laughs> yeah he got him to sign one of the vaguest contracts known to man i mean it was it's it's and it's it's been this sort of bone of contention that you know Saul was given such blanket rights. In fact, when you go to Vegas uh, next weekend, and in fact, I, I know these are at the Mandalay Bay. You have to go take a look at the really? Lord of the Rings. Uh, what are they? The, the one-armed bandits, the slot machines, um, which, you know, I, I, I remember I'm coming in. I, I, I was doing the licensing show at Mandalay Bay. I came down the escalator from the land bridge over from the Luxor. And, and here, side by side, are the... Um, the Lord of the Rings, uh, you know, slot machines next to the Wizard of Oz slot machines, and it's just sort of like, who, you know, who is making a? Oh my God! Well, get, get, let, let me get my quarters, get Gandalf, you know. Um, but you know, so the family is is genuinely upset about um, the films, the slot machines, you know, a lot of the stuff, and I think. In a weird sort of way, they've taken a very strange stand that this is as far as we go, you know. And and the notion is that, you know, uh, so the theme park rights, which were initially, uh, the story always was that, um, you know, all of the interested parties were going to wait till um, till Battle of the Five Armies was done. And then they were going to sit down and have this conversation about... Who got the rights? Who was willing to pay top dollar? Because what they were looking to do was, you know, compare the box office of the the three Hobbit movies and the the three Lord of the Rings movies, and um, and and so, you know, it's just one of these situations where it's like, um, you know, Jackson, you know, didn't say it wouldn't happen. He just believed that there would be some sort of colossal court case beforehand that you know somebody was going to have to the family honestly believes that you know that that the deal that Saul's got JAR to sign didn't involve theme park rights and to to their interpretation it certainly didn't involve all of these movies and slot machines and collectible swords and rings and that sort of thing um on the other hand, if you look at what Universal is up to now, I mean, have you guys heard about this giant mystery building that's being built between Jurassic Park and Toon Lagoon? Yeah, yeah. I'm okay. No, I hadn't. I thought it was. Oh, is that just not the Kong building? That is the Kong building, oh, which, of, which of course Universal hasn't admitted to. Uh, in fact, supposedly, if from what I understand, there may be a reveal in April, uh, out ahead of their 25th anniversary uh, announcement. Uh, but you know, it's one of these things where think about it. You know, you know, Peter Jackson made his Kong with Universal, uh, the place that everyone has always talked about. You know, as the place where they would build, uh, if they were to build a Lord of the Rings, 
uh, would be in the Toon Lagoon area. Uh, and, you know, it's hard not to look at the proximity of it and think this is, you know, uh, this is Universal show, sort of showing to Jackson what they'd be willing to do. I mean, it's a giant building with a already amazing steel and rock work in place. And supposedly uh, what they're going to attempt to do is going to make what they did for the tram tour at, at Universal Studios in Hollywood, you know, look like somebody holding up a bed sheet and making shadows. Um, so I, I, you know, I, I think Universal just wants it more. I, I think on Disney's side of the fence, um, they've got a really full plate right now of, you know, between Avatar and Star Wars Land and, you know, Lord knows what else, and, and reimagining the studio. Um, I, I don't think they necessarily want to pay top dollar for it, whereas, you know, Universal understands you know, all too well what happens if you get the right property in place that you can then do, uh, you know, then build food and retail around. In fact, I, I remember a conversation about uh, with somebody who were I can't, I'm not free to use his name, but that somebody with Universal Creative, and it's like, you guys have been after Lord of the Rings for 10 or 15 years now. I mean, why work this hard, this long for this? And the guy said two words, second breakfast. You know, just, <laughs> just, you know, we, we, you know, we, we can convince Americans that they need to eat another meal. You know, and it's, so, you know. Um, to be fair, though, you can't even get a first breakfast in Universal. Oh, no one's ever really? open. Well, no, no, that's true. That's true. I, I, it, though, you know, the one time I was actually there and the green eggs and ham place was open, I and finally got to have it. It was. <laughs> Definitely, you know, to, I, it was one of those things you realize. I don't think they've died these this ham. I think this was waiting for me for several <laughs> weeks. So, <laughs> so two breakfasts. I can two see breakfast. two breakfasts being Hobbit Foreman. Definitely. Yeah. Oh, oh dear. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> you've you've been waiting quietly for that one. Haven't I know. You? I was just hoping, just hoping I could get that in. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> uh, what other questions have we got here? Uh, go on, Craig. Okay, which one? Well, there's one from you. Oh, yeah, okay, my one. My, my being, being a Scouser. I'm a Scouser, and I live round the corner from John Lennon's house. Mm -hmm. So, John Lennon formally split with the Beatles. He signed the paperwork at Walt Disney World. Yes, he did, at the Polynesian, yeah. Right, well, that was the... Where was it? And did he actually just... I can't imagine John Lennon walking round Walt Disney World. Well, I, you have to understand that when the place first opened in 71, 72, 73, you know, nobody had ever built anything of this size and, and the monorail and the contemporary and the Polynesian and, and things like that. And so there were a lot of celebrities just just went because it was the new big thing. And, and that was what he and Yoko did. Uh, you know, they, um, you know, they, they wanted to check it out. And it's just, I mean, there's a lot of weird 1970s history that actually does happen at Walt Disney World. I mean, like the famous Richard Nixon speech about I am not a crook. That happened at the contemporary, you know, um, <laughs> you know, just that this, you know, but again, it was because it was the new thing. It's like, let's go check out the new thing. And, um, you know, that I've, I've talked to a, a bunch of folks at the poly who you know work there where John was there. And it, they just talk about they just they were just like everybody else. You know, they just they wanted their Mickey balloons. They wanted, you know, to go over to the park and ride things. You know, they and they just wanted to be tourists. Um, you know, just imagine <sighs> imagining all the people. Yeah. Is it um, <laughs> is it is it true that um, John and Yoko did a sitting on It's a Small World? <laughs> <laughs> that wow, you know that would be cruel and unusual. Like you know, on the other hand, if you know that what did they, were they famous for doing bed ins and staying in bed for like sixty you know seventy that, days at a yeah, that's that's kind of what I was alluding to. But obviously, you know, they can't they can't lay in a bed in a boat. Nowadays, so, it's just uh, called oh, no, a general I, I, malaise. 
you know, I, I just I just I wouldn't think, put it past him. You know. yeah. Still, but you know, just I I can't imagine spending seven or eight extra minutes in Small World, let alone we're doing a sit-in. I mean, you know, I mean, honestly, I, I you know, think about it. That song, you know, I you every so often you hear the list of songs they supposedly used at Guantanamo to torture prisoners, and I'm always amazed that Small World never made the list. You know, <laughs> too cruel. Did Elvis ever make it to Walt Disney World then? Because he's another hero of mine. You know, I, I've asked about him. Uh, you know, it, it because, um, and, and think about it. Memphis is really in the area, um, and I know he played the uh, in the Orlando area a lot. Um, I, it's one of these interesting things with old-time Disney employees sort of allude to the fact that, yes, he came to the park, but he'd usually, it would be, he'd pull an Elvis. I mean, it's just one of these things where he'd call ahead, and at 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning, he and his entourage were wandering the park. And it was kind of like, open that ride. It's like, yes, sir. You know, um, but nothing official, never with photographers following, and and if you think about how, you know, uh, uh, Lisa Marie and, and Michael Jackson mm. would go to the parks. Um, just, you know, I, I, I think that, you know, I, I've always wanted to get somebody to go on the record about it. And it's strange that, you know, uh, people, you know, so many years after the fact are still, uh, you know, still circumspect and still prop. But evidently that was he sort of commanded that respect and. Yeah, we we um, we can we can open archives about deco decrypting German Enigma machines, <laughs> and and still, no one will admit that Michael Jackson went once went on a on the uh, on the parade float dressed yeah. up as a someone. But, but to be fair, you know, mm. I know this is slightly different, but you know they've never openly admitted. Uh, well, I don't think they've openly admitted properly that both Michael Jackson and Dustin Hoffman. Did voices in The Simpsons. This is true. Mm. This so is sometimes true. this kind of stuff happens. Yeah. I, I, I thought be, I'd heard, though, be... that, um, that Elvis had gone to Disneyland at some point. I can't remember where I read that, but I'm sure, I'm sure he'd gone that to Disneyland. One, I, I, that one, I'm, um, I, in fact, I think I'm... I think that's actually part of the story, that supposedly there were photographs of Elvis at Disneyland. It didn't go particularly well. Uh, you know, because again, it's a crowd control situation, and supposedly that then you know created the situation, um, you know, of how Elvis handled Disney World when he was there. But remember, he was only you know, he passed away 77, 78, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so there were only those think, six years or so that the resort was open. I think during the parade, somebody stepped in his shoes, <laughs> the blue ones. There we go. There we go. Oh, <laughs> and um, to be fair, he's more likely to ask for Pecos Bills to be opened than a ride, isn't he? Yeah. Help us. That, 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 that's a little bit more, uh, more true. Sorry, Greg. Um, <laughs> Michelle Young. Oh, I like um, this question. Ask a question. Um, she <laughs> I, I, said, I think we all need to answer this one. Yeah, we she do. She said, uh, on the latest Mighty Men of Mouse podcast... Because she, discussed... she often plugs other podcasts as well as hers. I've noticed that, yeah. Um, <laughs> she's got more plugs in there than in being cute, I tell you. <laughs> or, or John Travolta's head. Um, on the latest, it's all right, she's gone to bed, she can't hear. On the latest Mighty Men of Mouse podcast, they discuss where at Disney Park they would sit out a zombie apocalypse. I love their answers, but curious what Jim would do. Um, any part of a park or resort would be allowed. Consider food and ability to attack upcoming upcoming zombies. Uh, Michelle from the Disney Dream Girls podcast. Another plug. See two plugs in one question. That's there about right, Michelle. Yeah. I, I actually, I think the more interesting question is why is it that The Walking Dead has never shot the people leaving the park for a crowd scene? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, especially one of the twenty-four uh, hour days. <laughs> oh my yeah. God! Yeah, have you ever seen that? I mean, just it, it's. You know, Nancy and I were lucky enough uh, a couple of years ago to, to have a dinner with Greg Nicotero, who does all of the makeup for, uh, you know, for, for The Walking Dead. He's actually, I think, now one of the producers of the show. And 
he was, you know, he he loves theme parks. And, and in fact, when Universal has done the Walking Dead things, Greg is the guy who will actually will send them, um, you know, photographs and, you know, makeup kits from the show to make them as authentic as possible. But, um, but hiding out, where to hide out in the zombie apocalypse at Walt Disney World? Um, I honestly don't, you know, God, um, uh, you know, I, I guess go, you know, go someplace where you know people aren't ours. So it's, I would hide up in the Hall of Presidents, you know, because, no, you know, nobody goes there. And, and more to the point, if if they break in, you could just jump on stage and pretend to be James Buchanan, you know, just, just, you know, and you know, figure, you know, you're on stage there with, with, you know, by the time they eat the third robot, it's like, you know, guys, no, this is not food. Go find something else, you know. Uh, but, yeah, that, that, I would hide in the Hall of Presidents, so. What about food, though? Because there's no food there. Wow, quick, <sighs> I, I, well, I guess it I, would be I, a quick pop around the corner to the uh, the, the Harbour House, wouldn't it? Yeah, mm. and, and more yeah. to the point, guys, if you've seen any photos of me lately, I could probably hold out for a number of months, you know, so, you know, just, you know. <laughs> that that, that you know, camel I, methodology. There you go. There you go. That, that's, you know, I, I, you look at my physique, I think there's another Ice Age coming, and I want to be ready, so... Um, so. All right. Well, I'm going to open that question to the floor. The okay. last floor? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That go- going, so that guy. I'm going to go along with Jim, to be honest, but I'm going to hide in Journey into Imagination with Figment because there's, <laughs> there's never any humans in there, let alone zombies. <laughs> so I could live in there for months and not see another soul. Well, I suppose you could have the same argument with either Captain Neo or Stitch's Great Escape as well. Yeah. Pretty we much. Could go, we could go on food runs together, then. I think I would probably go and hang out in the Moroccan Pavilion because, again, no one goes there. And there's yeah. a restaurant. <laughs> so there's food. I'm going I'm to go... But have you- but have you eaten that food? <laughs> you know, Look, I mean, the thing is, with all, all that kind of food, all you've got to do is not make it with the crap you don't want. Ah, now, well, so the thing is, I've been to the real Morocco, mm-hmm. and having been to the real Morocco, it put me off going to the fake one in Epcot, even knowing full well as well that that Morocco in Epcot is supposed to be what we view Morocco to be. But having been to the real Morocco, I was like, even though this is going to be like a, a special version, it doesn't exist in the real world, it's still not enough for me to go and eat there. <laughs> bad, bad times. Oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. <laughs> it's, it's okay. I, I go to the places to tell people not to go to places. Maybe there's a, maybe there's a clue there, though, Nick, because most of the food in Morocco in that, in that restaurant, Marrakesh, is covered in, uh, what's that, like, fine sugar powder? Oh, uh, Okay. So maybe that's maybe that's the thing. Cover yourself in that. <laughs> what you did, you know, that's what the equivalent of pouring milk in yourself and hoping for a lactose intolerant zombie. What? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> something like that. So okay. my, my answer is I'd I'd go for um, the character breakfast in Cinderella's castle because it is really hard. <laughs> it's really hard to get a reservation there, so, so you know. And also, you've got food in there, and you've also got the um, the Tinkerbell costume oh, okay. at the top of the castle and the and the wire. A quick escape route. You've got an escape route. Yeah. There you see a guy who's thinking there, and yeah. and and the best part is what the, the what the, the wire comes down on top of the Tomorrowland Terrace, which. Uh, again, you know, a great idea. Except that restaurant is never open, so you couldn't get any food. So, uh. I think I'd look good in a Tinkerbell costume, but that's just my opinion. Uh, I've seen you in one, and I can I can vouch you do. So, uh, I'm going to start off uh, at Epcot in Canada. Start off Canada, and hopefully the zombies will only go anti-clockwise, <laughs> so I can drink my way round. So when they get me, it won't matter. Smear yourself in the, the cheddar cheese soup. Oh, how about camp on a little island in the middle of the lake? 
just pierce yourself. Can, can, I, I've never seen it. Can zombies swim? Or is that only in Pirates of the Caribbean? Uh, yeah, I think you're right. But they can sail. Yeah? Yeah. Or walk underwater. Mm, possibly. Yeah. Anyway, I, thank you, Michelle. Yeah, I, 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 I don't know. I think you're asking four Brits and, and the one American here um, about sort of firearms and, and zombies, and most of us wouldn't have a clue. Oh, God. Because I'm, de- I'm denying I'm, completely. I changed, I changed any knowledge my answer. Of I changed my answer. Yeah? I changed my answer. Of course, I'd go to Animal Kingdom and I'd go on a dinosaur ride. <laughs> because I'm guaranteed to find a firearm there, surely. Maybe. Maybe. That's, not, that's normally where you fire, find a firearm, isn't it? On the, on the dinosaur ride? Oh, dear. We're all yeah. doing some taxis tonight. Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I got, I got one, Gemma. Go on then. Oh. Well, are we done with the zombie one? Yeah, I think so. Go on. Ask away. He's got... And it's... Have I gone quiet again? You, you went quiet yeah. for a bit. I, you just do this deliberately. You're not... I know. There's, there's no fault, <laughs> is there? It's I just... love the fact that Danger just turns around and goes, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say something now. Silence. <laughs> <laughs> so here we go. Now you are doing it deliberately, aren't you? <laughs> no. Oh, <laughs> you can hear me, really. You're just winding me up. No, no, Jim, no, no, try again. Jim, <laughs> what is one rumour you heard that never came to fruition that you really wish had come true? Hmm. Um, wow. Um... You know, it's, I'm, I'm actually working uh, right now. Len and I are um, going to be going back to uh, Walt Disney World. Uh, what is it? Uh, beginning of next month to do some more uh, Disney Dish podcasts. So it's, I'm sort of knee-deep in working on shows about uh, Animal Kingdom and Disney Studios. And... Um, you know, it, it, Animal Kingdom, it's it's one of these parks where there's so much stuff that they almost did. And, you know, then somebody came to them and explained that, you know, well, you know, that animal will eat somebody. You know, that's, uh, for example, um, you know, the, the, the Kali River Rapids ride. You know, initially the idea was what would make that ride fun and interesting. Uh, was that you would actually float through the Maharaja's po- uh, palace and you'd see the tigers from there. And <laughs> Yeah, that um, can't, that's what health and safety waiting to happen, is it? Well, but that that was the thing. There there are um Welcome to Crusty, So many man. times so many times with, <laughs> with with Animal Kingdom there were these these wonderful things they were gonna do and then the the safety and the attorneys would just wait in. And it's just sort of like, oh God no. You know, it just because even you know, even the keepers, who you would think would know better. I mean, did you guys ever hear that story about the gorilla keeper, uh, who was feeding the gorillas grapes, and one of the gorillas leaned in, and you know, the guy had was holding a gorilla or, or a grape between his the thumb and his forefinger, and the gorilla bit off the end of the guy's finger. <laughs> oh. No, but that's <laughs> a know. great story. Why am I laughing? Know. Well, you know, just because it's just the notion of, you know, you're being kind and sweet and here have a grape and chomp. And it's like the grill is like, wow, that grape tasted different. You know? <laughs> yeah. So um, I don't know. I just I, I think the, the the craziest rumor I've ever heard is that, again, you know, just so often Disney will propose something that sounds amazing. Uh, like, like for example, on uh, Night Kingdom, uh, you know that that the fifth theme park. Uh, in fact, you know that, you know, so many people when I'd write or talk about that, were like, you know, "There's no way that there's no way that Disney was ever going to do, you know, their version of Discovery Cove or of allowing, you know, only two thousand people in a day and that sort of thing." And uh, you know, and having people zip lining over crocodile pits or, or stuff like that, and and it turns out, though, that, you know, that the people who saved my ass when I was writing about it, oddly enough, were the Brits, because you were the guys who got heavily surveyed 
about that park uh, because, of course, you guys don't go to Disney World the way the rest of the world does. You, you're the ones who go and will spend three weeks in a house in Davenport, and you know you're not you know flying down there and trying to do everything in six days. Uh, you know you're out there for you know three or four weeks at a time on holiday, and you were the market they were after. You were the guys, um, but. You know, sadly, that was one of the things that got proposed and they were getting serious about in 2008. We had the financial correction. And since then, they've broken that, the tiny pieces. I mean, hell, half of what they, you pay to do, you know, what, $175, $200 a day to do as part of Wild Africa Trek at, at Animal Kingdom is actually part of what Night Kingdom was supposed to be. Uh, they just grabbed the most easily marketable parts and threw that into that park. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Good. Good answer. Good yeah. question. Yeah. Thanks, Anne. And another one from from Mr. Malibu, mm-hmm. um, who doesn't <laughs> plug his podcast as much as he should. He should. Lee he should. does great, great Lee, work. Lee yeah. from the uh, unofficial Universal Orlando podcast. I prefer Tracy, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Lee's all right. <laughs> she's, she's she's cuter, but you know I. I've got more in common oh, no, no, with Lee's no, 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 I disagree. I think Lee's cuter. But uh, I just prefer work. No, carry on. The question, yeah, the question, the question nice. is... Yeah, it's very <laughs> lovely. The question is, what gets built first? Star Wars Land or Potter Phase 3? So, uh, oh, quick question. One or two um, answers, and, and I'm going to put money on it. I'll hold, you, say, hold you responsible. Um, I'm going to say Star Wars Land. Yeah, I, don't get me wrong. Um... Potter Phase 3, at least for, you know, I mean, let's remember that uh, the Wizarding World of Harry Potter uh, for Hollywood, I mean, is well underway. In fact, you know, that that's, uh, I just got contacted from those folks about uh, their new nighttime uh, tram tour and how Springfield will be opening there on the upper lot in 2015 but right behind that is is their version of potter and it, it's it's spectacular looking uh you know that it's uh but as for potter three for florida um it, it's kind of interesting we were in the park uh nancy and i for uh i forget which of the press events we were there and they were chasing us out um and there's an elephant door. Do you guys know what an elephant door is? I mean, it's it's a giant uh, doorway that you can use. You can throw open on a sound stage or or in a theme park attraction and quickly bring tractors or, or trucks or you know a big things door. In big door. I've um, seen them in Disneyland Paris. I've not seen them in America. But yeah. Okay, there is an elephant door in Diagon Alley, uh, kind of right next to where. They do the Celestina Warbeck, uh, the Tales of Beetle Labard, and they open that door, and it's a straight shot from from there to the old Wild Wild West uh, stunt show. And the belief has been, in fact, and the interesting thing is that when you get talking with the Universal creative types, and it's like, well, if you, you know, because again. You know, you talk with them about, you know, it's after they did Hogsmeade, well, what would you like to do? And they're like, oh, we'd love to do Diagon Alley. And so now they've done Diagon Alley. And so it's like, okay, you did this. What would you like to do next? And they're like, oh, we'd love to do something with the Ministry of Magic. And, you know, so, you know, a, a, a number of people among them, folks like Dale Mason, the, the, the creative there, has said, look, if we had our druthers, if we had our choice... Uh, we'd, we'd go that route in Florida. We'd do a Ministry of Magic attraction. And, you know, given the proximity of that expansion pad, uh, you know, that that might be where they where they drop it. But I was actually talking with uh, some other folks at, at Universal who were talking about the fact that right behind uh, where they built Diagon Alley, uh, as they were they were doing this, they they built a brand new multi um, multi story parking garage for Universal employees, and there's a little sort of overflow parking lot below that. And they were just talking about the fact that well, you know that's not really a parking lot; that's an expansion pad. You know, that's where if we wanted to bump out Potter's footprint, we could. 
So, um, you know, they, they definitely have, uh, they definitely have plans. They, they, they really want to do more with, uh, the characters. Um, but, but realistically that the way they talk, they, they actually refer to what they call the Potter glow that for it. And in fact, this happened with Hogsmeade for two years, they had record attendance at Ireland's Adventure based strictly on Potter. That people came to that park, uh, you know, they were, wanted to go to Hogsmeade. And then after two years, you know, that the, the it began to subside. It was still a healthy bump. They still had a good chunk of people who were coming to the park, but not the same frenzy. And with Diagon Alley, um, because it opened so late this summer, they, they actually missed... You know, they wanted to have that open in early June, and they didn't get it up and running really till the middle of July. Uh, it didn't have the impact they wanted on summer attendance, but it, you know, the fall and winter there has been tremendous. So, um, really, we'd be talking about them getting serious about Potter again, probably 2017, um, and that would only be after. Um, uh, you know, the, the, the Potter in California opens and that gets its moment in the spotlight. But there's a number of things they've, they've got planned that they've kind of alluded to in conversation. Uh, for example, there's supposedly a whole holiday program. You know, they've never really decorated Hogsmeade or Diagon Alley for the holidays other than, you know, some pine boughs here and there. And evidently this this discussion about really doing it up right you know really going crazy there's also i guess been uh some sort of talk about trying to figure out how to keep some of diagon alley open for halloween horror nights because it's, you know that there were a lot of people evidently who were upset that they couldn't go you know into nocturne alley uh you know while they were in the park um so they've got plans they you know they definitely want to do stuff but and to bring this full circle realistically disney announces uh, what they're doing with Star Wars Land, I think it's a it's a two part announcement. The first announcement will happen at the Star Wars Celebration at the Anaheim Convention Center in April, uh, and then there'll be a far more detailed presentation uh, at the D twenty three Expo in August. But um, you know, it, my understanding is as soon as they finish the hat. As soon as that hat's pulled down and, you know, they've relaunched the, um, what is it, the great movie ride uh, with the new Turner Classic movie branding and narration, uh, the construction fences go up around Echo Lake. And we say goodbye to Gertie and uh, Min and Bill. Uh, and that's, you know, where piece one, you know, the Tatooine, uh, what is it, Mos Eisley gets built. Ooh, were they filling in the lake? Yeah, the lake's going away. Yeah, so, yeah, I've heard that as well. Yeah, um, I mean, face it, it's just it, you know, it, it takes up a lot of real estate, and it's it's cute, but you know, um, you can drop a full size, uh, let's not say attraction, because most Eisley is the cantina. I mean, you're supposed to go in there and buy blue milk, you know, so um, that's what they want to build there. Yeah. Fantastic. Jim, has anybody speculated on on when they might think about remaking the Potter movies? Um, you know, th there was um this kind of protracted conversation between um <laughs> JK actually has I, I'm blanking the name of the company that there's she has within her empire people who actually just hand handle the rights for the books. Um, you know, I've got, I've got the name somewhere in my notes, but she's she's right now. Initially, the, the plan was that, that they were going to wait five to seven years. And then there was kind of this agreement with HBO here in the States that they would do Harry Potter, the series only. It would be animated, and each of the um, 10 to 15, I mean, much in the style of great Game of Thrones, 
you know, the idea was that, that each season would be one book. And the notion is that all of the stories, all of the characters, I mean, characters like Peeves, you know, that never actually made it into the movies, you know, mm. would be in these, these series. Um, and, and there had been kind of this handshake deal that that was going to happen. And then, you know, then suddenly somebody cut a deal for these three Care of Magical Creatures movies. And, you know, that's now on the front burner. Uh, you know, in fact, J.K. is actually writing, doing the first screenplays herself. And, um, and that's put back, you know, pushed back the whole Potter the series idea for a number of years. Though, to be fair, you know, I think that idea will work whenever anybody does it. You know, and, and in fact, I think uh, everyone's honestly been so surprised that the films still are as popular as they are. I mean, uh, hell, here in the States, uh, ABC Family, the Disney-owned cable channel, I don't think there's a month that goes by where they don't at least show one of them or do a programming event where they do over the course of a weekend all eight of the movies. Yeah. Uh, and that shows no sign of waning. So, you know, I mean... I, I, I think in the case of Potter, um, the films are so beloved and, you know, you know, uh, you know, Daniel Radcliffe is so, so associated, you know, Rupert Grit and Emma Watson and all of those folks uh, with those characters that I think people are probably thinking now that this isn't a Spider-Man situation. You know, you don't you're not going to be able to get away with rebooting in five years and starting over that, you know, they may have to wait a generation before circling back on, you know, this whole Harry Potter, the series idea. Yeah. You you wonder if they were to do that, how much of the, you know, obviously when they do a reboot, things Mm -hmm. like Hogwarts is going to get redesigned. You're not going to use the same design, everything else. So you've got an entire land in a theme park that looks nothing like what the current TV series is heading towards. You know, but but at the same time, I don't know if, if that's the case. I mean, think about it. We're just three weeks out now, less than, from uh, that new Cinderella movie that Disney is doing, that uh, Kenneth Branagh directed, and everybody's just talking about how spectacular it looks, and I'm uh, blanking the name of the woman who's playing the uh, oh, Kate Blanchett is evidently extraordinary as the evil Lady Tremaine, the evil stepmother. And, you know, to Disney's credit, you know, they are, you know, they're making, they're bringing, you know, the, uh, the coach into the parks. They're, you know, uh, they're selling the dolls, but they believe that those two properties, you know, the animated Cinderella from 50, 1950 mm-hmm. and, you know, this, this new version, uh, 65 years later can sit side by side and, you know, one doesn't negate the other. In in fact, you know, I mean, think about it. You've got Disney now. They've, I think they've wrapped production of their new live action jungle book where Bill Murray's the, the, uh, what is the voice of Baloo and, um, what's her name? The, The woman who plays Black Widow in Avengers. She's voicing Ka. Scarlett Johansson. Scarlett Johansson. And right behind that uh, is this brand new, you know, reboot of uh, Beauty and the Beast with Emma Watson playing Belle. Um, and Disney just believes that, that you know, it's you don't have to tear out, you know, the Jungle Book, you know, or change the, the way the Jungle Book is done at the park, lose Phil Harris's voice or that sort of thing, just because Bill Murray does it. That, you know, this will be the live action version for this generation and, God help us in 60 years, the holographic version of The Jungle Book or Cinderella or Beauty and the Beast will be done. So after the absolutely, in my personal opinion, god-awful Snow White and the Huntsman Mm -hmm. with with Kirsten, is it Kirsten or Kristen Stewart? I have no idea. uh, Kristen Stewart. Yeah. Uh, Is there a Snow White Disney on the Horizon live action? No, but... Uh, not that I've heard. I mean, uh, it, it, so, oh, wow. Um, they will, you know, let's be honest, they will They will do them. If, you know, Maleficent made quite a bit of money and it's not really a, a proper remake. Cinderella is, obviously Beauty and the Beast is. 
if those princess films make top dollar, they'll do the whole lot, surely. Sure. Well, Fro- Frozen screaming out now for a reboot. You know, the, the, weird, <laughs> the weird thing is that, that there was at one time, I swear to God, guys, uh, back when Disney uh, was doing Tron and Black Hole and was, was trying to get, you know, just was looking at Star Wars. Because, again, that, that, you know, that that was the film that was making the money and, you know, people were really excited about sci-fi. And so... They proposed, this was going to be the follow-up. If Black Hole had been a huge success, the follow-up film was Snowstar. And I, I swear to God, the gimmick of this was, you know, you have, you set Snow White in space. And you have the, you know, but when Snow White goes to get away from the evil queen, she gets in a spaceship and she ends up on an asteroid where there are seven droids mining. And it's the little, you know, it's, so it's seven little R2-D2s who are taking care of, you know, sort of a Carrie Fisher-like Snow White. And, again, it, it's, it's one of these things where it's like, I've, I've heard the description. I know the script is at the studio. I keep, you know, trying to get another day in the archive where it's like, could somebody go into the file and find Snowstar? Because I'd really like to read this to see if it... it you know, because if it would work, and more to the point, again, Disney is always going back to the files these days, and who knows, you know, we, particularly now that Disney owns Star Wars, it's like, wouldn't that be, you know, a bizarre way for Disney to make, you know, because remember, they're making the new trilogy, but they're also making standalone films, and wouldn't it be bizarre if they could finally do a Star Wars Disney Princess Venn diagram movie where... It's Snow White and the Seven Droids. Fabulous would that be? Um, I think what's quite funny there as well is the fact that, um, you know, after they made Tron Legacy, Mm -hmm. the next two films that Joseph uh, Korinsky was supposed to be involved in for Disney was Tron 3 and The Black Hole. Yeah, and and did you guys see the rumours that broke last week about that, you know, there's a Tron game being prepped? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I, I'm I'm still obsessed with Tron, so mm-hmm. I, I follow up on that kind of stuff. But yeah, no one seems to know if it's a new game, like officially a new game, or if it's to do with the uh, the Disney Infinity. Um, uh, they're adding Tron characters to Disney Infinity yeah, at the, the moment. Cora and Flynn are supposedly um, no, Cora and is yeah, it Flynn? It's, yeah, it's Sam, Flynn. Sam Flynn. Yeah, Sam Flynn. Um, they're um, um, they because they're going to be the first digital. Characters. Yeah, yeah. That, I'm, that's a... I'm not. I'm not happy about this because um, I am in one way because you know the figures are expensive, but at the same time, the two that I've I've wanted more than any of the others mm-hmm. uh, are going to be downloads at least for the time being. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see if what that's leading to because I mean the thing is it could be you know could they finally be announcing Tron Free? You know. Well, okay. Let, 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 let's cut to the chase here. Okay. There is a Tron coaster yes. as part of Shanghai Disneyland, okay? And Sean Bailey uh, was quite vocal about wanting to do a Tron 3. That, mm. in fact, supposedly the story that had been written was that Cora proved that those characters could enter this world and that wouldn't it be interesting to have, you know, you know, suddenly, the, 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 you know, the Tron, the, the characters from the world of Tron come into the live world. Um, it, Sean, re, Sean still wants to make that movie. Um, you know, the problem is that let's face it, legacy didn't make as much money as, as people had hoped. And in fact, if by Hollywood bookkeeping standards, it didn't, uh, it didn't recover its costs. Uh, the toys didn't sell as well as Disney had hoped. Uh, there's a lot of people, even at, for example, at Disney XD, who believe that the Tron Uprising television series, one of the reasons that it wasn't as popular as everyone had hoped it would be, is that, that the belief was that Tron Legacy had kind of poisoned the well. Mm. Um, I don't know. I, I I I know that Sean keeps trying to get, you know, find the slot, trying to get the film in there, but. Um, you know, it kind of speaks volumes about 
the way Disney is right now. And the fact that, I mean, remember that this is now, you know, you only have so many slots per weekend and you suddenly, you know, you now have Marvel doing two and three movies a year. And, you you know, you've got a year like this where Pixar is doing two movies. Uh, it's hard to find a slot, particularly for something like this that, you know, you have to make the argument like, look, the third time's the charm. The next time we make a Tron movie, people are actually going to show up. Um, and- uh, and to be honest, I think the biggest problem was it came out the year after Avatar. And Disney had obviously hoped this was going to be that. In, in the same way, they hoped Tron was going to be their Star Wars. They hoped that Tron at Legacy was going to be their Avatar. And when a you film know- makes a billion dollars, yeah, you yeah. know... They they expect big things. It, you know, no, they happen. do. They do. But you know that there's a conversely there's a there's another lesson here that remember that, you know, in fact I was in the hall uh, at uh, Comic Con when Hall H when they showed that Tron trailer and you had six thousand people under one roof lose their minds, and you know that you know Disney deliberately created that proof of concept, brought it to Comic Con to show. You know, with the hope that the reaction in the hall there would get, you know, the film made, and it did. Mm. Um, but you know, the argument now is that's the thing about Comic Con, is you get a hundred and forty of thousand of these people who were like, "Oh my God, you know, I must have this," and it's just sort of like, but they're not really representative of your average film goer, mm. you know. And just mm. because you have six thousand people lose their minds in in a whole age doesn't necessarily translate into box office success. I mean, how often have we seen films showcased at, at, at Comic-Con that, oh my God, this is the next big thing, and you know, here comes opening weekend, and they're crickets. Um, you know, don't get me wrong, I would love to see a good Tron movie make it. You know, I've always sort of made the comparison that, you know, it, it's kind of like the original Star Trek, the motion picture versus Wrath of Khan, that, you know, you had to make the bad one to get a good one to sort of, you know, to learn like, okay, that's not how you make a Star Trek movie, you know. And I I kind of hoping with Tron Legacy that that's the lesson that or that's what Sean is trying to do. That, you know, look, we spent all the money and we did the big one. You know, let's do a smart one. Um, and from what I understand, that really is what the script of, of Tron 3 is. You know, it's the smart one. Um, it's the one that would really be embraced by a general audience. But, you know, when you're talking about spending 150 to $200 million, um, you got to be sure you're going to make your money back. And, you know, when you get things like Maleficent that have expensive reshoots, uh, you get people at the, you know, and Sean's at the highest level possible at the studio. He's the president, and he still can't get it greenlit. I mean, that that tells you, that, that speaks volumes to me about, um, you know, that this whole situation or what Hollywood's like right now. Exactly. Well, fantastic. On that note, um, it was, as ever, brilliant to have you here. I don't think there's a single person here who doesn't actually love listening to your stories. So that's fantastic. Thank you for coming. Oh, it's, it's always great fun, guys. You know, always glad to do it. And, you know, it's thank you for keeping me indoors so I don't have to go out and shovel. So, you know, let's, <laughs> well, I let's mean, do this know, again soon. Yes. Well, I think I think next time we'll just book him in for a three-hour show. I mean, uh, it's the only way. Yeah. We've, well, still got, we've still got questions we, need, we haven't asked. I've still got questions I haven't asked. I'm sure you guys have as well. Yeah. Um, I apologize, guys. I, I know no short stories, so you know. That's the, <laughs> we, we wouldn't have it any other time. way, but no. yeah. I, we, we're constrained by the uh, by the barman here. There we go. <laughs> Brilliant. Last call, gentlemen. Yeah, we'll indeed. Again next day. Indeed. Uh, right. Well, where can people find you, Jim? Uh, these days, outside shoveling. Seriously, <laughs> you know, we had a snowstorm last night, and we'll have another one next night. Um, what is it? Uh, what? Jim Hill Media, my website. I do some stories at Huffington Post. I, I, Len and I do the Disney Dish podcast, um, which we've now tried to get back on a, a you know, two month, three month schedule. So people seem to like that. Um, but yeah, that's, you know, uh, loitering. They can find me loitering. So around someone. 
The Disney Dish, uh, the Disney Dish podcast sounds like it needs more soap dish. That's just me. Mm. Um, <laughs> Nicely done. I, but, but if they want to find us, um, as well as Jim, um, yeah. they can find us at www.disasterdark.com or they can, if they want to contact us, email us at podcast at disasterdark.com. And we're on Twitter at disasterdark, facebook.com forward slash disasterdark, and micechat.com. Craig. Yes. Do you want to tell them about a really useful uh, app? Oh, yeah. I forgot all about that. We've got a show sponsor now, haven't we? Yeah, we're supposed to be yeah. professional. But we're supposed to be for professional and talk if, about it. If you've should, listened, we, should, we, should we just record the jingle afterwards and just insert it in? If, if you've listened this far through. <laughs> it's Magical Trips. Go and have a look. It's only out on iOS at the moment. And it's uh, it's a trip planning app. And it's uh, truly spiffing. It is there you indeed. Go. Yeah, yeah, it's got some of these features. Uh, Instagram, yeah. Pinterest, and all that other stuff. Thank you very much, Jim, for joining us. Thank you, gentlemen, for joining me in the bar. Otherwise, I'll sit here lonely. Yeah, thanks, thanks Jim. Thanks, thanks guys. We'll see you all. It's a pleasure. Yeah, we will see you all yeah. in a uh, in a fortnight's time. Growing Bye-bye. older is mandatory. Growing up is optional. Tis after dark, the podcast that's nearly the same as all the others. <laughs> I think all I want for Christmas is a Jim Hill book. I want a Jim Hill doll. <laughs> no, that's scary. Jim, I'd be scared. I, I am. Because like, he's still on Skype. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, there we go. Fantastic. Absolutely. Can't be a good absolutely. I'm just going to have this one. <sighs> well, that's a big sigh. Other sighs are available. And we're out. <laughs> and there's a show title.